0: I was much moved and impressed when we celebrated the life of Billy Graham after he died. Weren't you? To see the legacy that he left behind, he finished well. Your prayer for Barnabas is my message this morning, finishing strong. How do you finish strong? Last week the word came out about Bill Hybels that he was dismissed from Willow Creek. It's hard to think of Willow Creek without thinking of Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels is an incredible leader, but he may not finish well. We may not hear of him again at all. Now he can make a recovery. I hope he does and I hope he can return and uh, be honored when he goes. But at this point, he's being dishonored. And along with him, the staff left of Willow Creek. And they're doing a conference this last week, a leadership conference that they're known for, a global leadership conference. The world comes to it. And uh, at Christ Presbyterian, a lot of people didn't come Because of the news that was shocking to them. Some indiscretions that caused him, and I I hope he does better, because I've, I've read some of his stuff and quote him. He's a great leader, but he may not finish well. What about you? Will you finish well? Will you finish strong? Is there a way that you can plan ahead for that? Here's what I want you to think right now. What do I want them to say about me? Write your own obituary in your mind. Write your own. And I want a couple of you to share what you'd like them to say about you. Think about it. That was the assignment. When I taught on this with the Harvest Project, they wrote their own obituary. Some were two sentences, some two paragraphs. Think about it. What would you want people to say about you now, why would I ask that? Because Paul wrote his own obituary before he died. Does God ever tell people that they're about ready to die? Can you remember people that he did? People that he spoke to? I hadn't thought about him. Yeah, Hezekiah. By the way, Hezekiah did not finish well. Hezekiah was a good king for most of his life. He wasn't a good father. He was a terrible father. His son was named Manasseh. Manasseh sacrificed his son. That's how bad Manasseh was. Hezekiah was not a good father, but he was a very good king. He reinstituted the Passover. But yet, at the end of his life, he opened up all of his treasure to Babylonian envoys. And Isaiah said, stupid. For this, your gen- the next generation will be judged. And this is what he said. At least it won't happen to me. Bad thing to say. Hezekiah did not finish strong. Who else knew when they were going to die? Yeah. Oh, you got one? Okay, go for it. Wow. Wow, that'd be a good obituary. Wow. Well, the guy who wrote that gave us his obituary. Listen to it. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Had he finished his race? No. But he said just before that verse, he said, the time of my departure has come. In other words, God spoke to him and said, Paul, you're about ready to step over. And he's telling Timothy, it's an emotional letter. It's a tearjerker, 2 Timothy, of any letter in the New Testament. This is the the, the teariest. Paul is lonely. Paul is a castaway as a no-good criminal. Paul is cold. Paul is deserted by a good friend. And yet he speaks with a note of triumph, and he says, I have. That's called perfect tense for you grammar people. Perfect means it's in the past that comes into the present. I have, and still it's, it's being accomplished. Who else knew that he was about to die? Peter. Peter said, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In this way, if you concentrate on character, he named a bunch of different characters. He said, Concentrate, this will give you a good entrance, since I know... That the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. So God spoke to Peter, said, Your time is about done. Spoke to Paul. I don't know who else he's spoken to, but he spoke to different people in history and said, You're about ready to hit the tape, You're about ready to wrap it up. And Paul had a great finish. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, spoke in the perfect tense, talking to his Father, saying he honored him, I have done what you told me to do. Not in those words. Let me see. Uh, I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. That's before he, he did the main, the most important work. But it was as if it was done, he was saying it in faith, I finished well. Billy Graham finished well. Bill Hybels, I hope he finishes well, but he did not finish well, at, if he stops now. Who else in the Bible, anybody else you can think of that finished poorly? We've got the example. Yeah, go ahead. Solomon. Yeah. What does Paul say about Demas? Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas. Who's Demas? Pardon? That's right. Yeah. He is a a part of the apostolic band. He's so important that he's named twice in Paul's letters. In the end of Colossians, Paul greets him along with Luke. So he's named with Luke. That's pretty special. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. So they're traveling together. He greets him in Philemon twice. The third time we read about him, it's not good. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. He was a leader! And now he's in love with something in the world, and he got pulled away. How could that happen? Well, it does. It does. Good, strong people can be enticed by lower pleasures, and if they only think about their future, if only they will think about the end, if only think about their legacy, their root. Demas, what are, is Luke going to go to your funeral? What are they going to say about you? Well, he was, he was running a good race. That's what they'd say. He was with us for a while. What are they going to say about you? yeah what would you like them to say about you at your down cool boy oh, that'd be neat. That's a good obituary. Write that down and give it to if, if Joel in case in case he's still around Any, anybody else anybody else want want to share your obituary? Think about writing it. It's good to live with the end in view. If that's the beginning, and here's where I am now, and here's the end, we are told to live in the future tense. We can take the present if we live in the future. We're called to live in the future. We put all our marbles in the future. Peter said, set your hope fully on the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I can handle anything today if I know that, if I know what that is, if I sit all my marvels here. Now, I'm looking back, and I'm looking at Paul. I'm saying, Paul, run a good race. Run a good race. Finish strong. Finish well. Don't give up. Paul in Second Timothy talks a lot about suffering. You read the letter; he's reminding Peter, uh, Timothy, this is not a picnic, this is a war, this is a fight, this is a battle. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Your life is going to be hard. Your marriage is going everything. Everything is going to be tough. So understand that, and it just got easier. Yeah. Good timing. I just wrote a blog on that specific thing, and I've never had more responses, more written responses, never. I've written probably 350 blogs, and I've never had the response. And here's what I said. I asked the question, do Christians in heaven see us? We are driving to San Francisco on our, on our uh, vacation, and I read from Hebrews 12, 1. And uh, it said, therefore, since we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, and I said, do they see us? And Stephen, Betty, and Karen said yes, and I said no. And then I looked at commentaries, and they agreed with me. Then I looked at Alcorn, who wrote a book called Heaven, and he disagreed me, with me. And he did more research than any of those commentaries. And he convinced me that there is a connection between heaven and earth. And read my blog. I'm not going to tell you why now because I won't, won't take time to do that. But I believe there is. I believe that the, that the witnesses see us. And um, that's all I'm going to say because I want to get into my message. My father finished well. Yeah. Got to be by faith. Yeah. I'm going to keep going here. I have run marathons, and uh, if you went to see David race, he would be starting with blocks. Why? Because the start is essential. And you literally explode out of the blocks When you hear that gun, you're trained to just literally explode. You're pushing. Are there blocks when you run marathons? You don't even get to the start when there are 2,000 guys running for a minute because you're not in the front because you're not the best runner, and so you're back here somewhere. You've, you've taken a minute just getting to the starting line. It's where you f- whether you finish or not. At At mile number 20, you hit the what they call the wall, the invisible wall, and you start dreaming of things you'd rather be doing than running in a marathon. (laughs) And you've got to decide, I'm just going to keep keep running and keep running. And it may take you three hours. It may take you four hours. That's a long time to run. But endurance. I would come home, and my kids would say, Daddy, did you win? And what would I say? Yes, I finished. The purpose is to finish the race. So, my father finished well. And I think I've told somebody this before, maybe in a message. I asked him days before he died, I said, Dad, do you have any unfinished business? And he said, no, I did what I was supposed to do. That's a good way to finish. He did a lot. And he said, I did what I was supposed to do. So he didn't have any, any unfinished business. A lot of people have unfinished business in relationships and assignments. So I'm saying this to you. If you have an assignment, do it. If you have a relationship and it's broken, heal it. Don't have unfinished business so that on your dying bed you're regretting trying to repent. would be much better to rejoice. Paul, Paul was already finished. and That's so wonderful. So I told you about Demas. He didn't, he didn't finish well. Something got in the way. Hezekiah, Hybels. Okay, who finished well? Let's think of some people who finished well. I read Hebrews 11, and you know who I'm surprised who finished well? Who who made it into the um Hall of Fame? Someone who was messing up bad. Uh he's not in the Hall of Fame, but Samson is. Samson is in the Hall of Fame because he finished well. He messed up. He was in a he was a, 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 a a resistor of the Philistines, and in his dying moment, he took a bunch of them out, and he finished well, and he made it into the Hall of Fame, and we'll see him in heaven. Samson finished well. Stephen finished well. And it says in Acts 7 that uh, he had a vision, or it doesn't it didn't say it's a vision, it just says, I see I'll read to you what it says. Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man. What's he doing? No. He is seated, but now he's standing. We know he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he is. But Stephen saw him standing. The only thing I can think of is that Jesus stood to receive him. That's powerful. That here is Jesus receiving his brother who served him faithfully. He finished really well. Stephen finished strong. So I want to just look at these three statements. And uh, I think I can do it in about five minutes. We'll try it. The three statements... I have fought the good fight. Think about that now. I have fought the good fight. We're fighters. We're all called to fight. But some of us picked the wrong fight. I picked the wrong fight when I took on the ELCA. As a pastor in San Pedro, I tried to stop the merger. I sent out letters to 4,000 pastors, 5,000, I can't remember, Spent some money. Sent out letters to them. And telling them about uh, some seminars I'd have. I had four seminars for pastors. My bishop said, stop it. What are you doing this for? I didn't care about him. I wanted to do it. I wanted to stop the merger. It was a futile fight. I shouldn't have picked that fight. I don't think I I prayed about it. I think I I picked that fight. Don't pick your own fights. Fight What what should you fight? You should fight the fight of faith. What's that fight? It's the fight to keep believing when you're having struggles. It's the fight to to help others when they're having struggles. I'll believe for you. When Chris Monson was struggling, had neck problems, and I'll give this as a positive example of me because I have plenty of negative negative praying for people. But I said, I want to pray for your neck because he had pain since he was in high school in his neck, and uh, it would wipe him out every night at home. Every night, without exception, every night. And I said, That's got to stop. And he's a father, you know, he's 38, 39 years old. And so I said, Well, I'll pray for you. And he said, Well, I don't have faith for that. I said, Well, I have faith for both of us. And I prayed for it, and God healed it. He just told me two days ago, he was getting ready to go on his vacation. Is it Paul, I'm still healed of that. Well, I want to fight for people, don't you? Don't you want to fight for people's health, for their well-being? That's a good fight. Fight for people. Listen, fighting in your marriage isn't. That's not a good fight. So I want to tell any of you who are married, stop fighting. Stop the fighting. Do Karen and I fight? Yes, we do. But we always work it it back together again. So we are walking in unity. I'm in charge. I don't dominate, but I'm the leader of our family. And I I lead by laying down my life. That's how I lead in this house. And I want you men to be men, and I want you women to be women, and I want you to have strong marriages. And I pray for that for you often. Karen and I pray for that. So please, we'll do whatever we can do. You know I will to help you with a strong marriage. Because that's a part of finishing well. You want to finish well by saying, we had a good family, we had a good life, we had a good marriage. And I fought the fight of faith. So I hope that you'll fight that fight, the fight of faith. I was once in Finland, and I was doing a seminar. There were about 100 pastors. And before I started, I felt the Lord gave me something. And so I started with this. How many of you have felt like throwing in the towel? As soon as I said that, I said, stand up if there are. Ten of them went right to their feet. Some of them started crying. It's hard out there. So we have to fight for one another. We have to fight so that we don't get discouraged and and lose heart. I have fought the good fight. Paul had no regrets. You don't want any regrets when you get here. Oh, I should have. There were uh, people in their 90s. I read, read this uh, soon after I came in 1995, and I'll see if I can say it accurately. But they uh, interviewed people in their 90s who were still obviously alive and asked them, what would you do differently? Three things. I would take more risks. Isn't that interesting? I'd take more risks. I'd follow, I'd go after my dream, I'd go after that thing out there, and I'd spend more time on relationships. Good stuff. I I think that, that was good advice for all of us. So I'm telling you, fight the good fight, okay? Fight the good fight, like Paul. I have finished the race. Thank you for your prayer. Finish well. Finish high school well. Finishing is such a good thing. It is finished! That's when Jesus was done. That's when he he'd, he'd uh, finished what he started to do. Hebrews says that we are to run with what? With pardon? perseverance or endurance. So that's not a sprint. Because you don't need perseverance to run 100. You need explosive power. You've got to have it all right now. But then you're done in, hopefully, in 10 seconds. For a marathon, it'll take, people like me, it'll take almost four hours. Somebody can do it in two. That's, that's, That's scooting along. So, Hebrews says that we run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. You have a different race than I do. You have a different race. I don't have grace to run your race, but I have grace for my race. You have grace. God gives you grace to run the race that you've been given. can't run somebody else's race. Can't can't run it for you. So may you know how to take grace for your race. Regret is a terrible emotion. Think about it. It's a terrible emotion because it does nothing for you. It just paralyzes you in the past. Regret. Repentance is a far greater emotion because you're dealing with something. You're, You're settling something. You're changing something. Regret is a terrible emotion. To finish well, we need repentance, not regret. And we need endurance, not discouragement. I've talked to some of you about this. Maybe I've talked to all of you. Look at me for a second. I don't get discouraged. I do not get discouraged. It's a stupid idea. I did it once when I was with Lutheran Renewal, and I was discouraged for two weeks. When you're discouraged, you make dumb decisions. Discouragement is not good. Discouragement is wrong. We're commanded not to be discouraged. I call it a sin. Some... When I wrote that in a blog, some were really on me. They wanted to tear me apart. No, it's just an emotion. I say, no, it's a decision. It's a decision. It's possible not to be discouraged because we're commanded not to be. You say, but that's impossible. Well, every command of God is impossible. Name one that isn't. Be anxious about nothing. Are you kidding? Rejoice at all times. Really? Pray without ceasing. Huh? He gives us impossible commands, and then he gives us his Holy Spirit to enable us to fulfill impossible things like never being discouraged. When I got discouraged, it was all about me and my situation, and my problems, and my struggles. And so I locked the door down. I physically do it. I was doing it in the back when Communitas was shutting down. Nate saw me one night, and he wondered if I was telling him to turn the sound down because... I would physically do this because I needed an ill... What? Yeah. I was locking the door because I was saying, I will not be discouraged. Most pastors are discouraged because they're seeing their situation. Their, their church isn't growing. Things aren't happening. Discouragement causes us to do dumb things. I want to finish well, so I will not let discouragement in the door. Otherwise, I'm not going to finish well. Third, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Hey... That's wonderful to hit that tape, and no hell, yeah, we're done. You ran. How long did you run on Saturday? Okay, so he's a part of a team. They ran two hundred miles, a team of them, and you were the last leg how what was how what was your distance then? Five miles that's That's a race, two hundred miles. We got to hear more about that. I have kept the faith." So Demas let go of the faith in favor of a different lover, to keep is to hold on. Sometimes the only thing we can do is just to hold on, grab on, hold on. That's what we're commanded to do, hold on. Can't do anything else? Okay. Yes, I did a dumb thing and in, in the second time or the third time I uh, ran a marathon, I sat on the curb. That was a dumb mistake. That was a terrible thing to do. no you've you got to hold on, keep finishing okay let's uh let's pray together. Father, we don't judge those who seem out of the race. We're sad. I'm sad for Bill Hybels because I know he's a good man. I know he's a strong leader. I'm sad for him. I don't know the circumstances. But uh, we hope he can get back in. We hope he can finish strong. Lord, I pray for people here. I pray that you can give them a good finish. I pray that they can live in a way that enables them say with Paul, I fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I've kept the faith. I pray that you would give grace for everyone here at Lydia House, and for those who are part of our team that are not here, like Jenna and Mackenzie and others, that, that you would help them to lay hold on the grace that belongs to them to run a good race. Thank you for those who have gone before. And I do believe that they are cheering us on. I believe that they are a cloud of witnesses and that they can see and they can cheer us on. And so we want to be uh, inspired by their inspiration for today and tomorrow and for the next day to run the race. In Jesus' name, amen.